it seems impossible, doesn't it, that they could even put another half a percent on with the U.S. government debt being on such a short term. Mm -hmm. I mean, why the heck didn't they create a hundred year and sell it at zero when they could have done? <laughs> That's where they're headed. They're headed to negative interest rates. Yeah, yeah, they could have done a hundred year and sold it for half a percent. Now, now they're now the government. Well, which comes falls on us. The government never takes responsibility for their um, incompetence. Hey, everybody, it's Rob Keats with goldsilverpros.com. We are recording this May 5th, 2022. I think it's Thursday. I've lost track of this week. It's been a big news week. And to discuss that, we brought back on our recurring guest and good friend, Ian Everard from Arc Silver. Ian, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Rob. Tired, but good. Yeah, it always cheers me up talking to you. Yeah, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and, and you as well. I think we had a good 30-minute a conversation before we started recording, just talking about all the different things going on and the success of your business, which is always good news. We'll get to, to Arc Silver here in a moment because uh, we're big proponents of what you do uh, and and the pricing that you, you offered people for silver. We'll get to that in a moment. The big news today, and this may come out a couple of days after we record it, but as of today, May 5th, I'm sitting here looking at CNBC and the Dow has fell 1300 points. NASDAQ is getting absolutely obliterated. Uh, the stock markets are not doing well. Uh, the 10-year bond is up over 3%. Uh, and a lot of other stuff is going on that's contributing to this fall. But the first reason, the primary reason, is that Powell said, uh, the, the Fed decided to raise interest rates 50 basis points, half a percent. They said they're going to do it again real quick. And they're going to taper start June 1, which is less than a month away. And I said, the beginning of this year, if they raise... The Fed funds rate by 1%, we'll see a big stock market crash. Well, guess what? They've raised it a half a percent, and they already got a stock market crash. It's even worse than I expected. What's your view on that, Ian? It seems impossible, doesn't it, that they could even put another half a percent on with the U.S. government debt being on such a short term. Mm -hmm. I mean, why the heck didn't they create a 100-year and sell it at zero when they could have done <laughs> That's where they're headed. They're headed to negative interest rates. Yeah, yeah. They could have done a hundred years and sold it for half a percent. Now, now they now the government. Well, which comes falls on us. The government never takes responsibility for their um, incompetence. They mm -hmm. ref. What is it? Is it eight trillion a year they have to refinance? I think it's eight trillion. Comes due. Eight trillion. I mean, <laughs> the numbers are so high in. Yeah. You know, it's like the human brain can only handle so much. And then there's this theory of mathematics that once you get to a certain level, mathematics is not linear. It stops mm. being linear and it gets on a different scale. Yeah. And I think when you get into the trillions, it's not that that's 8,000 billion. It could be 80,000 billion because the rules on big numbers change. And there's actual whole philosophy around mathematics around this. Once you get to really high numbers, it doesn't act the way you expect. So as we right. get into these numbers and that you're talking about, yeah. whatever the Fed does, it ain't gonna work because the same things that you would do at 8 billion is not gonna work at 8 yeah. trillion. Because mathematically yeah. it doesn't, you know, once you get to that scale, the effects are different. And, and yeah. the way that the numbers and the math processes is different. Uh, I I don't think the Fed has, I, I think whatever they do, they're, they're you know, they're digging their own grave. 
It's definitely going to cause death and destruction. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So what, what, before this rise, the U.S. government interest cost was half a trillion. I think I'm right in saying on the 30 trillion. Mm -hmm. So if we have three, four more half percent rises, the whole tax revenue of the U.S. government will maybe pay the interest on the debt. So that means they're going to have to find another three trillion for their expenditure, normal expenditure, and then another trillion for their, or two trillion for their usual deficit. So they'll have to keystroke, um, like you're saying, big numbers. So that's a, so one and nine zeros, I think, isn't it? A trillion. So um, again, they would have to find it either from us or print money. I think we're at the point that people are like, screw you. I mean, the Biden administration's already at a, at a and, and historically low approval percentage. Their rhetoric coming out is if you don't support us, you're an extremist. So, so their reaction to that is to label 70% of the country that doesn't like them as extremists. <laughs> They're, and this, I'm, I'm just, what, this came out on the wire and it was all over social media and it was all over the press. Well, so it's no, us against yeah, yeah. them and they've got the Ministry of Truth now, Department of Homeland Security, where they're worried about people criticizing them and they're going to, you know, they're going to stick the, the, the black boots on all of us Americans who are suffering from not being able to buy food every fucking month yeah. because of what the Fed and the, and the yeah. all of the administrations of the last 50 years have done. At what point does the American public say, screw this, we're done, you ain't getting it from us, and then the Fed has no choice but just to print money? Well, it's going to happen, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the, 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 the deficit is funded by creating more units of currency every year. Yeah. Um, so my suspicion is they know exactly what they're doing. Mm. Because every time there's a crash, the the people behind the Fed gain. And every time there's a boom, the people behind the Fed gain. And Mr. and Mrs. Joe Public, Wait, allow, you mean allow, they know what's going to happen and they position it. Because they cause it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to front run something and you cause it, like, well, like JP Morgan spoofing the market tens of thousands of times, not losing a trade in 10 years. That, that there's because, nothing. Because they were directing, the, <laughs> if you know where it's going to go, you, you position yourself. You know, was it Jerome Powell supposed to, what's his worth supposed to be worth? How many dollars is he supposed to have mm -hmm. um, as a human? I don't know how much he's worth, but I'm not supposed to say things like that. Um, $100 million? You, you, so he's going to risk 90% of that in, in, a, in purchasing power wipeout? Of course he's not. He'll, he'll be positioned. He'll have precious metals. He'll have farmland. He'll have properties abroad. He probably you know, owns half of Uruguay along with uh, former President Bush, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and, and going back to politics, heck, heck, let's why not stir things up a bit. My theory was on the on the election where Biden got elected was the Democrats knew, knew what was coming. They didn't want to win the they didn't want to win the election, so they put up the, the most lamest candidate they could find, which was Biden. <laughs> The Republicans didn't want to win, so thought, well, we'll let Trump run again. He's so obnoxious and he's offended so many people, <laughs> nobody will vote for him. And the, and the poor old Democrats won, and now they're left, yeah. left getting the blame irrationally because, I mean, heck, what has Joe Biden done? He hasn't done half the spending that Trump did. You know, Trump was no, spending. He's just Trump was just yeah. and woke policies to, to destroy <laughs> yeah, yeah, our yeah. republic, but in yeah. terms of spending, yeah. But he, but he hasn't got any major. 
you know, stimulus checks and PPI and all, all, all of that stuff that Trump pumped, Trump pumped out, what was it, three and a half trillion dollars out of nowhere? <laughs> when Trump was first elected, I thought politically speaking, it would crash on his watch so they could blame Republicans. Yeah. yeah. It's crashing on Biden's watch. And I, this is not a political channel. I'm a libertarian. I don't play red or blue team, but I, I just read the tea leaves of what mm. goes on in politics and try to interpret it. Why? Because politics is the engine that determines uh, publicly how money gets spent and wealth in society. So you have to follow it if you follow the economics. Yeah. But anyway, I thought Trump, it would crash on Trump's watch because politically speaking, they wanted to blame it on a Republican that the liberal side did, Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense. You're, you know, your opposition, he's the enemy, but it's crashing on Biden's watch. He's taking it bad. You know, was this a screw up by the Democrats to win? Or do you think that, that probably in a bigger sense, it doesn't matter who takes it because it's a banker's game anyway, the bankers don't care. No, the bankers always win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're the I mean, house, essentially, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. The, 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 the tables are rigged. They, they know exactly. And, and, and a few of us allowed to succeed or do, do reasonably well, as long as we don't become a threat. And anyone or even any country that becomes a threat, they end up in, in trouble. I mean, you go, mm -hmm. go way back to the First World War. It was Wall Street that funded the communist revolution that destroyed the economy of Russia for decades. Yeah. That was funded by American banks. And Bayer, which used to be I.G. Farben, uh, there was a Stanford professor who documented, a tenured Stanford professor who wrote a book about this, which is free online, and I'll try to find his name. Uh, when it was I.G. Farben before it was known as Bayer, uh, American company with German roots who funded uh, a lot of the weapons used by the Nazis. And we know the American bankers and, and European bankers were funding Hitler's rise. Yeah. And so a lot of what happened in that world war, the belligerents came from funding from a lot of Western sources. Yeah. And this has been documented by, by many people. It's not conspiracy theory. It's been documented by tenured professors and well-respected historians. My question is how much of what goes on in America right now in the American markets is funded by corporate interests or banking interests that essentially are like, we're just playing this to, to make money. We don't yeah. care politically and culturally how this turns out. Yeah, they don't mind if, if people starve. They don't mind if countries go to war. In fact, they mm -hmm. benefit greatly from that. Mm -hmm. um, so the only way us mortals can um, is to try and get out of that system. That's what's led both of us to the precious metals. It's it's exiting the traditional, you know, the recent traditional anyway of the last four or five decades of financial system. It's the only way you can come out unentangled from it. And to connect the dots, when we say Fed and bankers, the Fed is a private organization. It's not governmental, which is the shares are owned by the big, large private banks. I think Goldman Sachs, I would guess, is the largest one. Used to be JP Morgan, but the, the records are, are silent, so we don't know. But we know the big commercial banks own the Fed. They own probably most of the central banks in the world. So when we tie the banks to Fed policy, that's why we do it. Because yeah. ultimately, it's the dominant shareholders and the directors of those organizations which determine direction. Yeah. So even though you know presidents appoint Fed nominees, that's just an appointment. But that person takes their marching orders from who owns them, and it's the commercial banks. Yeah, and and I guess as a as a private 
company. They're responsible for their shareholders. Yes, they so are. They, they would be acting illegally if they didn't do everything for the benefit of their shareholders, which means they're not doing anything for the benefit of us. <laughs> they're not, and, and for the government. So there's this two-pronged policy of the Fed trying to unemployment and inflation, and that's their mandate, blah, blah, blah. When has that ever worked? Do we look at Bernanke? Do we look at Greenspan? Do we look at whatever the, the other idiot that was just in there before Powell? I forget her name. She was so forgettable. I don't even know her name. She was a Yellen. Oh, yeah, Yellen, the Treasury Secretary. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe one of the biggest idiots ever to serve in that role. Uh, and by idiots, I mean academics with no real world experience. or basically idiots. I know I was in academia and, and, and I understand this. Um. You know, did any of those guys actually act in the best interest? We put out a tweet this week talking about Greenspan's, I think, a 66 quote about the gold standard and lack of discipline you would have and stealing of people's purchasing power if you didn't have a gold standard. But when he got in, he yeah. was an architect of the biggest, you know, fleecing of America by his policies as Fed chairman as, when he was Fed chairman. So, you know, anyway. We could go on and on about that. We know you kind of know who the Fed is and their policies aren't there to benefit us. I want to go over some of the other economic data with you that we're seeing in the last weekend. Um, and, and it didn't look good. Construction spending's down. Um, capital goods orders are actually up, but the unemployment report for ADP came out 247,000. That's as a preview of the non-farm payroll, which comes Friday, which is the bigger of the two reports and the one that everybody trades on. But the ADP unemployment reports about 60% of what they expected. Our trade balance, which means how much we export versus import, is down $109.8 in a month, which is about $20 billion worse than expected. Uh, the U.S. PMI is not doing great. The ISM services index is not doing great. Um, jobless claims are higher. Productivity is down. It's negative 7.5%. Uh, falls at fastest pace since 1947 after the war um, in terms of productivity. Unit labor costs were expected to be 1%. They're 11.6. I mean, Ian, the U.S. is falling apart. All the numbers this yeah. month look like garbage. I can imagine what the, the non-farm payrolls is going to look like Friday. It can't be good. Uh, I mean, this is a mess. The U.S. right now is a mess economically. Yes. Yeah. I don't, don't know what can add much more to that, Rob. <laughs> it's it's just need... a statement of fact. I know it's not it, something yeah. to argue about, right? It, yeah. And, and, and all along, it's been a myth, the 4% unemployment rate, hasn't it? With the, the labor participation rate has barely exceeded 60%. So 40% of Americans who could be working aren't, and some for good reason, some choose not to, but there's a, there's a whole lot. There's a whole underclass almost of people who are uh, subsistence on the state, on the the, the SNAP program. That, you know, and it maybe that's a, even a political decision. To, the more people you get dependent on the government, the more likely they are to re-elect you. Or you know, could could be as as simple as that. Um, but it, it it is time for for us Americans to wake up and take responsibility and do, do what we can do. Um, and we've spoken before. It's There's no point feeling helpless about it because everybody can do something. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, where we it's, talked about food this week and we talked yeah. about planting gardens. Hey, if you yeah. can't afford a lot of gold, buy some silver from me because he has it cheaper than anybody on the planet. 
plant a container garden for God's sake. Yeah. On, on, yeah. Let's talk about that in. So on our program Tuesday, I've had a lot of sources tell me that we're about to have a major spike in U.S. Yeah. food supply costs. And I documented that data back to COVID, not Russia, Ukraine, because it dated back to COVID because when we try to restart the economy, are 120,000 people short in the U.S. food industry, demand destruction, building destruction, business destruction across the supply chain for food yeah. and energy. And distribution. Uh, but yeah. we expect prices to rise June 1. Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, the world's largest wholesaler is going to bring in price rises across the board from 15 to 30% beginning mm -hmm. of June. So three weeks from now. Now, that will take a week or two to filter through or maybe a bit longer, the smaller stores. But that's on average, you know, I mean, I was talking last year. I think you asked me what I predicted inflation to be, and I said 25%. We are going to see 25% rise in costs of goods and services. But for what 90% of the population has to buy, and they're not getting a 25% pay rise, for sure. Food, Unless shelter, energy, top three, Ian. Food, shelter, energy, what went up first? Shelter yeah. and energy, and now food's right behind it. Yeah, and transport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't yeah. buy a damn car now. I, w I was thinking about selling my – I'm going to go off a little bit on a tangent. I was thinking about selling my truck to my daughter because she has a couple of horses, which she you know, manages and maintains, and I don't need the truck anymore. I, she's, a, you know, she's old enough she can handle that herself. But I couldn't find a replacement vehicle, so I'm still driving my truck. Like I can't yeah. find a – and I'm – talking anywhere from luxury car to just a basic four banger, yeah. Yeah. you know, Nissan or Honda or something, there is freaking nothing out there. Yeah. So talk, yeah. I mean, transportation has gone bonkers. Yeah. I mean, four or five months ago, I saw uh, a neighbor selling a 1987 Suzuki Samurai. Um, I know the vehicles. I know how simple that. I bought it because uh, I thought... <laughs> That could be your transportation, right? Just have a, backup, have, a backup vehicle, have a backup vehicle because cause I, I, I can fix most things on a car. I can change an engine, transmission, you know, axles. Yeah. I can pretty well do anything on a car, but you need time to do it if you do it yourself. And you need to be mobile whilst you're ordering the parts and stuff. Otherwise, most people are stuck. You put it in a garage, you put it in a shop, sorry. And it's, what, $150 an hour, I guess, most, you know, in big cities to... So even if you've got a car, a show about a recommendation for a motorbike, because I, I think you're right. I may need to buy one of those. Now will be the time to do it. Yeah. yeah. yeah just get something as a backup. So at least you've got some options. If your car does break, you, you're not held hostage to have it fixed immediately. You know, you can source the parts and stuff. Yeah. The whole thing is a mess, and I guess the big question and, and why I wanted to bring you on, and the big question I was going to ask you, you and I have been talking about this. I've been talking about this with other people, David Morgan, Chris Marcus. Oh, my God, all the guys we've had on the show dating back to early guests like Daniel Amaduri, um, um, Lynette Zhang, Fernando Aguirre, survivor or the Argentinian currency collapse. The last two years we've been doing this. I've had a ton of guests on the show, and I'm bringing new ones like all the time. Uh, Chris Temple. Uh, Ryan says that I, I bring new guys on all the time. But the whole supposition that I've had for Gold Silver Pros and why I started Gold Silver Pros is when this thing goes, it's going to go. Yeah. And I thought by 2024, 2025, we're sitting here in 2022 and I'm seeing it go now. It, 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 yeah. it, it, isn't this like yeah. the string has been pulled and now the whole blanket's yeah. about to fall apart? 
Well, the start, I mean, follow the money, you often hear people say, and I've had some clients who are getting completely out of the system and going into gold and silver. Talk about that for, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Talk about that. You have one yeah. that's a, in banking, right? Uh, yeah, bank presidents buying huge amounts of silver, mm-hmm. getting rid of their dollars. Um, you think he knows something as a bank president? He, does, he sees money flows in his job? Yeah, uh, you know, and I've had conversations with bank bank people since since I started the the company, and one mm. of them even said, "I know you're right. I know this dollar system is phony. It's fake. It's going to fall apart. But as soon as I start buying precious metals, I'm admitting it." And he started buying. Um, and he's over the mental Rubicon that we all yeah. face, where we see the data, we can't internalize this is actually happening. Because think about we're born into a system, our whole life we're told X, you have cognitive dissonance that it's actually Y or Z or maybe even X, Y, Z, four, three, two, one. I mean, completely different world. Yeah. And you have, you can see the data, but it has a hard time to get your mind over the hump, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the the more rapid the unraveling the system, the greater the the few people uh, who who, not only seen it coming, they've caused it to happen. I mean, it, it comes back to currency debasement. We can talk about the Chinese shipping crisis from the shutdowns in China. You can talk about Russia invading Ukraine and the supplies of wheat and sunflower oil and precious metals are add, adding to the rise of cost of goods. But the root cause is the debasement of our currency. That, yeah. that is filter, will filter through. And, and you get people are now making investment, not making investment decisions because it's become so unstable. How can you calculate any possible return on a business? Well, th- that's the thing. And that's what causes destruction. When businesses can't determine their costs, they start yeah. killing their chickens and shutting they, down their factories. Exactly. They stop, stop making. It, yeah. You know, you've got European companies stopped smelting aluminum. You've got European companies stop making fertilizer long before Russia and Ukraine because the energy and that, that, that was the energy price rises pre pre the surge we're getting now, we've got European gas prices 10 times the price of gas in America. And we talk about regionalization of commodities markets. Yeah, it shows up, especially in oil first. Yeah, but we're going to have that and it's going to be weird. It's more expensive for us to get whatever here. Maybe that's something we import a lot of. I have to think about what it is, maybe oranges and strawberries. And then somebody who needs liquefied natural gas like Europe yeah. is going to get it in the shorts. You know, it's a regionalization of commodities market. So doesn't that mean, Ian, that pricing has to regionalize and we don't have one price for gold or one price for oil? Yeah, I, I, I guess, especially when people start using gold and silver to trade with, each community will will reach a level of what your ounce of silver, your tenth of an ounce of gold will purchase. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I guess it could easily come to a position where it becomes unobtainable through the usual routes. You'll be able to trade it, but you won't be able to buy it. <laughs> so you'll have to do something to get your gold and silver possibly, rather than just provide, provide dollars. I mean, even right from the start of founding ARC, I've never held dollars. The, the, the only dollars I hold mainly are nickels. <laughs> Because I know the nickelum is going to be worth more, way more. Um, so 
I, I don't earn my bank very much money because there's never much money sitting in the account for them to sweep and rehypothecate. I think I was trying to figure out, you know, what to say next. I think I get so much crap in for talking about the precious metals. Yeah. And I get so much crap for people saying it's an old white man's game. It's not, it's history and it's fundamentals. <sighs> There's going to come a point where people realize what we're saying is true. Yeah. And it's going to be one of the most painful points in American history. I think this time it, it is with, was it, it's still only half a percent of assets under management or perceived mm -hmm. assets are mm -hmm. in precious metals. And probably many of, many of our viewers have seen Exeter's pyramid and possibly yeah. had Rafi Farber talking about how all of the higher levels collapse inwards into what's at the bottom. It, and this is, this is, I, I think we've seen this happening. I mean, personally selling large amounts of gold and silver to, to, to incredibly wealthy people. Why are they doing that? Because they, well, they, they know they, they, they want to protect running yeah. all those markets on top of it. And they know because they run the books. Yeah how healthy those markets are and or aren't. So for yeah. example, take Dezo coming on the channel last week and saying, Hey, Rob, the mortgage market's imploding because these ETFs around mortgage backed securities yeah. are imploding. Why? Yeah. He went to one of the ETFs and looked at the AAA tranche and saw that it had low credit score dead in it. Like, because there's yeah. an Excel sheet and the average credit score is sitting there 640, 660. That's not AAA no. debt. That's yeah. B, B minus. Yep. And they were selling it as AAA and the yep. government, the Fed was buying it. Yep. And that's what kept that market up. But now um, that the yep. Fed said they're going to taper in the raising rates and they're no longer the marginal buyer of shit debt, shit mislabeled, mischaracterized debt. That's why you saw the ETF come down and Dezo yep. caught it because he's like a savant with this stuff with numbers. He caught that that mortgage backed security ETF cratering has been all over his Twitter at Dezo Games, for anybody who wants to go yeah. look. And that's a canary in the coal mine, and that may end up being the black swan we've always been talking about, not Deutsche mm -hmm. Bank. Because if that mortgage market crashes, it's over for the debt markets. It will start a cascade. Done. It'll take out everything. We saw that in 2008, 2009. And yeah. what won't work this time is the same stupid policy of just increasing um, uh, reserves. And somebody pointed out, I think it was John Titus, and I need to, to link this video and talk about it. John Titus did something back in November, which is now coming to fruition publicly. There's two circuits of money. There's private and public. The bank reserves had been increased in 2008, 2009. Now they're actually increasing cash, public money. And those two circuits of money are being increased at the same time. Why? Because we're at a point the system will collapse without it. We're literally hanging on a thread. Yeah. Yeah. And once people start to figure out mortgage-backed securities are creating, we already had the repo market crisis again in 2019. We're sitting right there on the edge. Right there on the edge. And you see it in the bond market. You see three, five, seven, and 10-year bonds all priced above 3%, almost identically priced. Yeah. What that means when you have those tranches of U.S. Treasuries identically priced, it's moving that risk further 
and further to the forefront, to the current time. They've got two year, they got one year, and they got ultra short term. There's only three issuances, major issuances right now are on over 3%. And you see it shifting. First, it was the, you know, the 30, 20 year, then it's the 10, now the seven, the five, and the three. Yeah. What's next? The two, right? The two is the second biggest issuance behind the 10. Okay. And then after that, what do you have? Short-term markets and, and that's the stuff that goes into repo. What happens in a repo crisis? Banking system freezes up, boom, over. Yeah. We're that close. And so I'm kind of monologuing yeah. here a little bit, but yeah, to me that that's what's happening. But I know you're a big, you're a big student of the, the monetary markets. What's your opinion? Well, I wouldn't say I'm a big student. I'm a, an observer, but, and, but 2008, the Federal Reserve held, I don't think they had any mortgage-backed security debt. Now they've got no. $3 tr trillion. So now $3 trillion of potential garbage is backing the dog, dollar. Mm -hmm. And then central banks are loaded up with government bonds, which are cratering in their value. So if they actually had to mark to market today, I, I bet they're all underwater. I bet Deutsche Bank is completely bankrupt. I mean, they were hanging. They they, they only needed 3% of their loans to go bad, and they were done, and that was a, a year or two years ago. Commerce Bank is not far behind. Um, yeah, I cannot see how they can paper over the cracks this time. I mean, it's... <laughs> I, 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 it, 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 it's scary, but it's reality. And people have not woken up. It, like I said, it's cognitive distance. You can see all this stuff across the ticker and it starts with the mainstream financial shows and then your financial advisors and then your, your financial enthusiasts in society, each one widening out, you know, the base. And then you get to the general public and it's getting there, but, the, but they're not accepting. I know no. people who know they'll, I, I just went to, you know, went to have lunch and the, what was the talk about the economy, but is anybody doing anything? No, they're talking about it. Like it's almost like it's a TV show. An abstract event. Yeah. 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 But it hasn't internalized to where, Oh, they have their OS moment where they got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. But what, when that happens, Ian, you're going to have more orders than you know what to do. <laughs> it's, I mean, literally I, I just had a knock at the, the office door, some more deliveries coming in, but it is, it is going out faster than it's coming in. Um, mm -hmm. There's still plenty of product available for for, for direct shipping from the wholesalers, um, but that does change. I mean, a few weeks ago I was quoted, um, I could buy product, but I, I was not going to be given a delivery date, no delivery date given, not, not an estimate, nothing, Unno unknown. And so it's like that, a pre-sale with no end date, right? Yeah, I have, to pay, I, I have to pay in full with my order, and then you might get it somewhere. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so it's like I, walking into the bread store and saying, "I want to buy bread," and the guy, yeah. the, you know, the bread maker's like, "It, you know, yeah. come back in three months." Yeah, right, give me the money, and I'll, and, and I'll call you. I'll let yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, don't I mean, call me; I'll call you. Th thankfully, I've got a, a reasonable amount on on the way. Um, mm -hmm. but, but if you've been prevaricating, um, just, just have a, have a think. It might not be available in two months or three months time. Anything, you know? Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to say that people give me crap over 
is not only talking about gold and silver and being involved in precious metals, but I keep saying we have a shortage of silver. Now, a shortage and being out are different things. A shortage means, and I want to define this for people so they stop, you know, like attacking me on social media. Not the majority of people aren't doing it, but some do, because I don't think they understand the concept. A shortage is when you have more going out than coming in. It doesn't mean yeah. your your inventory is completely gone. Yeah. You're your inventory is completely yeah. gone means you're, yeah. you're out, right? Yeah. So what we see on the COMEX, what we see the, the mines producing, what we see the demand is, and this is before the increased monetary demand that we know is coming because of the, said, the aforementioned bond market crash and the fiat crash. We're not even into the expansion stage or the panic stage. But we know the numbers say that we have a shortage in terms of what's made every year, what's yeah. available in stocks every year. So here's made on the left side of the supply chain. Here's stocks. And here's what you go out the door in sales. What's made every year is already behind 110, almost, almost 200 million ounces. What's in store has been shrinking. Once that what's in store is gone, then you're talking about having a negative supply. Yeah. A negative real supply, which is going to spike rates like that. And at, because at if we the, go to negative supply, yeah. it means prices must go up to pull silver away from anybody that's got it. Yeah. They, to force that back into the market. So we're that, not far from that. So yes, we are technically in a silver shortage, but we're not out yet. But Ian, just from your point of view as a dealer, what is your view on inventories versus flow? Where are we like in your part of the supply chain? Um, well, stepping back a little bit, premiums haven't stopped rising for six months. Right. And it was slow. It was every other week, five cents here, 10 cents there. And that's just increased. Um, and most people quote the American Silver Eagle has gone from $3 something wholesale to $11 wholesale. Um, kilo bars have gone added another dollar fifty on the wholesale price. Um so that's a lot. And 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 I don't think anyone actually really knows the actual inventory that's available. Um it's not published data. None of my wholesalers publish there. I can find out from some of them what they hold, but it's a long process. I have to keep 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 keying in an order until it says unavailable. So then I can I can make an estimate of what product they've got. And then talking to them, they can tell me what's coming in or not coming in. Um, a while, some people are quoting eight weeks on certain coins, Britannia's. Um, and, and then we've got the whole issue of Sunshine Mint making the blanks for the Britannia's, the Krugrands, and the American Silver Eagle. Uh, so it, it's, an it's an incredibly small world, the silver world, um, yet very obscure. I don't think anybody actually really knows. And then we were supposed to have had 330 millions go into the ETFs last year. Well, did it actually go in there? Or have JP, the custodian, borrowed it? <laughs> or counted, counted it several times? Yeah, maybe there's only 50 million actually are physically available in there. That might account for taking up the slack and then they just hope everything will just go away. And then we had the famous smackdown, didn't we? Um, What's his name? <laughs> so Jeff. a couple of points you had there. 
even though, yes, we don't know the interiors of the wholesalers, if you back up behind the wholesalers and go to Comex, we've seen a drawdown of about 60% in the last year and a half of what they had. Yeah. Now there's been some more put in, but how long can that last? When we know, that, yeah, last that, year that, during Silver Squeeze, we know when people went to SLV and took 110 million ounces out of London, yeah. they were within three more days of collapse of that market. Yeah. That's, so I think that they are razor thin on the, yeah. on the big yeah. markets that feed the wholesalers. So if they're razor thin there, the wholesalers yeah. can't have that much. I don't think they're keeping two years worth of inventory. Oh, no, 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 probably a week. <laughs> probably a week. Yeah. It's the it's a just-in-time system it, exactly, and 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 uh, and I think we we all know is when the premiums rise more on the thousand ounce bars. Um, they've gone up 10, 15 cents in the last few weeks. They can't go too high, or it'll create an arbitrage, and some big player will come in and take huge contracts and and take physical. So they can't let that go too high because that will mm. really reveal how thin 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 it is the market. Um, but so Ian, just to clarify there, because I'm, mm. I'm I'm stopping you a lot to clarify points because you and I understand this very well. But a lot of people in our audience ask me to clarify, and that's why I'm doing it. So so people have asked me, how do you break the derivative markets? Well, what you just said is how you break them because yeah. it's between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. If the guys come in and play arbitrage and take those thousand ounce bars yeah. off, yeah, that market collapses. So they they can't let it go too high, but they yeah. have to feed enough supply. Well, what happens when they can't feed enough supply to cover up? what the premium yeah. what is the premium really a measure of in the retail market it's a measure between the 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 derivative market gambling casino where they don't look at physical and the actual physical demand but once the people on comex start figuring out you've got a shortage what happens that game is over yeah very markedly gobble up whatever silver's left over and that that price yeah. runs yeah, that's how you break the derivative market, and I don't think yeah. we're that far from it. That's my opinion. No. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, 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 sorry. No. I mean, that's one of the reasons myself and Silverback Precious Metals, um, they're um, cutting up the thousand ounce bars, mm -hmm. making slices. They're grinding a lot now and casting ten ounce rounds. And soon they'll be making ten ounce bars for you and me, Rob. And they'll be doing a gold silver pros ten ounce bar. They'll be doing an arc silver ten ounce bar. So we may be the last people supplying silver retail because we're buying the thousand ounce bars and we're bypassing the the, the mints. That mm -hmm. whether whether it's deliberate or not, I mean, you've got the Canadian mint; they seem in complete chaos. Uh, I don't seem to know that arse from their armpit. You know, you would have you would have thought by now they they could. I mean, it's not that hard, is it, making coins and bars? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty simple process. It's it's making a die, it's stamping the coins, it's getting your. Yeah, I've been doing it yeah. for hundreds of years. Yeah, I mean, Jim is making these in his shed. <laughs> God, God bless Jim Superman. He's doing an excellent job. <laughs> yeah, this is just basically Jim yeah. and a couple of guys, you yeah. know, doing this, and and he pours those ten ounce yeah. coins from the scraps of him cutting the yeah. Yeah. the thousand ounce bars, and he does it yeah. as a very small. Yeah. Shop, so you're yeah. talking about you know the Royal Canadian Mint, the U.S. Mint. How yeah. come they can't? And and you, you, we know how smart Jim is. I mean, heck, he 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 works. He works as a NASA mathematician. <laughs> yeah, he's a brilliant guy. He, yeah. He's smart than both of us multiplied. I think. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's realised precious metals is the way to go. I mean, he's chairman of Citizen for Sound Money. You know? so, yeah, yeah. 
some really smart people have worked it out apart from us. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, let's just mention briefly Arc Silver. I think we're kind of over time on our recording, but you run Arc Silver. You started it because you believed it was the right thing to do, bring silver to people yeah. the cheapest possible because you believe in honest money, you believe in God's money, right? Yeah. Uh, talk about how people can get in contact with you if they're interested in ordering silver and just in general what you guys have. Yeah, just go to Rob's data at the bottom of the video. Um, you know, approved, uh, well, approved is not the right word, but uh, suppliers that you like. Um, so you can send me an inquiry through that. Um, please let me know if you've received my response because sometimes the emails go to people's junk. Um, but yeah, we have... We've got the whole range of the Silver Mac Precious Metals product. You can have custom weights cut in just a few days as well on the bars, 10 ounce rounds. Just got a whole load of kilos, just come back in again, $3.40 over spot. We've still got the famous Kennedy 40% at $1.29 premium per ounce. Maybe about to buy a bunch of those for me, Ian. <laughs> It's the best, I think, in my opinion. And plenty of warnicles, 20 of them equal one and one eighth ounce of silver, $2.50 premium on those. Mm -hmm. I think they're, they're great, a bit of history as well. The copper is free and the manganese is free. Then we've got all of the other coins are available. They're a bit pricey. I have got some rounds coming in around the $4 premium, which is about a dollar less than everybody else. And we can get everything else, even kilos of gold. We can get, we can beat anybody's price on gold. Um, that is a gorgeous part. Can you hold that up again? Yeah, sure. That's, a, That's gorgeous. Yeah, it won't be long and one of these will buy the average American house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and pretty well every other product. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ian, for coming on. Like I said, I know we went over time and, and thank you for being gracious and giving us a whole bunch of time today. We appreciate you. Just remember arcsilver.com. You can order directly from me and off the website. You can go through our website, Gold Silver Pros, click on Precious Metals Deals. We have a form there for you. It helps track, you know, what comes through Gold Silver Pros and does help the channel. So we do appreciate that. Thanks everybody for uh, coming by this one. Uh, we'll bring Ian back on again because uh, he's one of our recurring guests. And, and thank you, Ian, for stopping by today. Thank you, Rob. All right. See you next time.